Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. India, a country teeming with people, home to part of the Himalayas, deserts, the Ganges and hundreds of languages, is an astoundingly diverse and dynamic part of the world. It's got an artistic heritage to match, with traditions of miniature art, intricate stone sculptures, Vali painting, and then a radical modernism that followed the country's independence in 1947. After economic liberalisation in the early 90s, contemporary art and its market began to boom. Today, across India, commercial galleries and foundations are the backbone of a system buoyed by private philanthropy and sheer enthusiasm for the arts. The Gujaral Foundation is one of India's leading trusts that has supported a myriad of the country's artists. It was set up in 2008 by Feroz Gujral and her husband, Mohit Gujral. The connection to art runs deep. Mohit's father was Satish Gujral, a legendary modernist painter who iconically depicted the partition of India and Pakistan in 1947. Feroz works relentlessly to ensure that India's art is not only recognised, but also appreciated. She staged shows in a South Delhi bungalow, set up studios, organised practical workshops, and given over an old seafront factory for the Kochi Biennale, of which she is a trustee. We talk through how the foundation is advocating for India's art, both at home and internationally. You established the Goodrell Foundation in 2008. This was a turbulent year globally and possibly not the most hospitable, but perhaps the most urgent time to create a support structure for the arts. How did the process begin? We've had this foundation from um, 1990. So I think we do a lot of other things. We do malnutrition, we do elephant and wildlife. We do, um, you know, blue ribbon, white ribbon uh, for abuse against women and children. Um, We have, uh, my parents run homes for street children. Supported that for 25 years. Uh, My husband's family has schools, orphanages, uh, home for destitute women, Science City. But I think in 2008, I felt that post the crisis, there was this global feeling that, you know, only the tough survive, only the rich get richer, only people get scammed all the time. And there was this very vulnerable feeling that I had from the arts community that we have neither invested well, we have neither, we're not supported, we do not usually inherit anything because a lot of Indian artists and art, the art culture sector comes from the crafts. Uh, So the skill sets are coming from a different realm. And I really felt that we needed to do something for the arts. Also, uh, my father-in-law, Satish Gujral, being an artist, we were much closer to the bone in terms of, you know, what is really needed. You just touched on it about the craft culture of India. And India is a vast, vast country with hugely diverse geographic regions, many, many languages. 
how do you negotiate as a foundation the multiple art forms that are being produced across the country? It's not easy because usually we do a lot of research uh, into what is new, what is current, what is relevant, what is needed. I always ask my team those four questions. And in that, we also try and find the outliers. We try and find people who need to be found, you know. We work on different regions as regions. So we try and look at artists from Kashmir or artists from our seven sisters, which are the states closest to Thailand, you know, Assam, Meghalaya, um, that side. We also look at neighboring countries. We look at Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Nepal, Pakistan, because to me, they're all part of the subcontinent. We have the same language in terms of artistic practices. We also have very interesting dialogue with India and our neighboring countries, which shows up in the artwork. So that's important. Um, I think it's a hard thing to do. We're an extremely large country, very diverse. Like you mentioned, many languages, many subcultures, many dialects, and many forms of craft and art. Uh, we can't cover all, of course, but we try and um, go into projects that kind of cover everything. So if we do Indigo, we try and do Indigo from Bengal to South India, to Gujarat, to uh, you know Central India, to exporting of Indigo. So we try and make our storylines a little more a larger, though the artwork may be very specific. So we kind of broaden a storyline. It's almost like a broad, broad platform and then invite a lot more diverse people on. And previously, I'm thinking about your involvement with the visual art. You've been instrumental in bringing a number of artists' work to the Venice Biennale. And one of the more significant projects was the collateral exhibition, My East is Your West which brought together Shilpa Gupta and Rashid Rana, artists from India and Pakistan, respectively. Why was this platform an important investment? And what was the legacy of such staging? Um, you know, Cleo, I do this talk called The Business of Benevolence. And the whole point of it is that, you know, we spend so much time building structure for profit, you know, corporate structures, um, even a household structure, even a structure of education, even a structure of, of um, you know, all kinds of intent. But I feel that, unfortunately, philanthropy is given kind of a, in India particularly, I feel it's looked at in a downward slant. You know, it's almost begging, right? And maybe it's like this across the world. People are willing to invest. They're not willing to donate or to support. And those two things have very different intent. So to me, it was really the intent. I wanted to build something and show people that all our effort into a philanthropic organization like the Cultural Foundation takes the same structure, takes the same effort, and takes the same intent of building anything, profit or non-profit. So I think the, the idea of Venice was that's the high ground. We were 10 years into the foundation uh, the conversation started with somebody complaining uh, in India about, oh, we're not the Venice Biennale again. And I thought to myself, you know, what does it take? It just takes the same work you would for any other project, right? You want to build a house. You want to uh, start a business. You want to become famous. You want to be the best Olympian. You have the same structure. You have to just 
find out how to do it, put your mind behind it, put your body and soul behind it, put all your resources behind it and just persevere. So it's a bit of that. I kind of got a little bug in my head and I was like, you know, why are we all complaining? Of course we can do this. So I started off in a very kind of simple way of saying how ridiculous if the country doesn't do it, I will do it for my country. And uh, as simple as that. But um, I think the concept was really what made it what it was. I think we could have done anything, but I think for me, it was really about this. It was, um, you know, Okui and his beautiful line, um, his his curatorial line, which was, you know, um, about all the worlds. And I felt that we should be talking about borders. And I think his intent was borders. And I really looked at this as a love project. I think the legacy part was really important because nobody recognized our name and it's not an easy name. You know, Gujral is a bit of a tongue twister, um, but they would recognize this as India or Pakistan. So I ran around like a loon looking for like a really spectacular location. I was very keen that we had a location on the Grand Canal. I understood that we were representing an entire subcontinent. I also understood that we were one third of the world's population so I wanted to have something of some magnitude. And to be honest, the legacy was more for our part of the world and our country more than self. And it's nice that it really worked. And therefore, we are also remembered. How do you feel about the lack of India's presence since that point? It hasn't had sort of year on, well, every two years, a pavilion. How do you feel about that? I do understand that countries like ours do have other important kind of issues for funding. And um, I think what we have to remember on the onset is that we are a very, very ancient area and region, right? India as a whole is like thousands of years old, but we are a very, very young country. We are only 70 years old and we forget that. I forget that that we're only 70 years old. So you can't compare me to the UK or to France or to the Americas, who we consider like the young country, you know, and it's 250 years old, instituted as a country. And countries on the whole are 200, 250 years old. Before that, we had no countries, right? Across the world, there were no countries. So I think this is what we forget. So we try and leapfrog and jump into being equal to the United Kingdom Equal, that's a wrong word, maybe being as prolific in the arts, as um, evolved in your structure of the arts. So I think it'll come. It's not here now. Um, secondly, of course, we're, we're a nation struggling with a lot of other, other issues, cultural issues, social issues. So um, the arts kind of get left pushed, particularly country, contemporary art is considered the high ground. And therefore, oh, that's elitist. And my point is, what is contemporary today is modern tomorrow and ancient thereafter. And if we don't save today and we don't value today and archive today and, and, and flourish today, we know we don't have any great ruins of Pompeii. We don't have any great Taj Mahal. We, we don't have the Great Wall of China. It's hard, but people like us have to stand up and do it. If the government can't, then we have to. You really have embedded yourself in the sort of emerging talent that's coming out of India. And in Delhi, you have Studio 24 and Studio G-Spot. And they're spaces where 
people can come, develop ideas, engage with curators, dealers, their artists' talks. Beyond this very special space, how do you equip these artists for the industry and commercial realities that lie beyond? Okay, so uh, the spaces are really important because there's not a lot of institutional space in India, as you know. Uh, so we try and have like different pop-ups, different little uh, kind of physical spaces because I think it's very important as human beings to just come and meet somebody, you know. Um, but what we also have is a series of programming which have been stalled in the last two years, but they're really fun. One of them is Prac Forum. I started Prac Forum for myself because like I didn't come from the arts. So I'm like, how on earth do I get a really good lighting person? So I need to know what's best practice for hanging and how do you write a contract and how do you write, you know, art labeling and how do you write an introduction? And what about the difference between a grant and a fellowship and a scholarship? And, and these are things for the arts, I didn't have a grasp on. So I started something called Prac Forum. We, we invited the first 10 young curators to just come and learn. And we had 60, 70 people. I mean, people were just, and they were not artists and they were not from this realm, but they were like journalists writing about art. They were people who wanted to have like do framing and people who wanted to just know what is a good paper to paint on, you know? And how do I get better canvas or can I get different types of canvas? And so Prac Forum is something very important. So that's more for like, for for um, the community separately we have a project called a program called art induct and that's kind of like a ted talk format it's a full day it's really fun um and it's like two minutes five minutes three minutes eight minutes 18 minutes and it's about you know what is company art what is contemporary art uh what is sound art how do you buy performance art how do you do an auction how do you collect what is the importance of the miniature what is textile art? So we have these different kind of programs that we do throughout the year that that you can join and come to, um, so you can learn. And then of course you can always come to me. We have mentorship. We have all the other little little things which are two four people at a time. So we can edit your work. We can uh, suggest the gallery. But um, yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, I enjoy these kind of little program things i was about to say i want to join <laughs> it, it sounds really great yeah this time we're going to do some few hybrid ones so we're going to do viewdemic for example as a film festival in goa but that's going to be a hybrid online offline uh we're going to do some really crazy fun stuff with artdemic at the art fair these are all kind of our smaller brands which are not the mothership which is the foundation Beyond all the foundations activities, you look outward and you're an enthusiastic advocate for investment in India's culture. And recently in a fantastic interview, you discussed London and our wealth of museums and reflected on India and said, our country has so much to show. Why can't we make it work? How do you lobby for contemporary art in post-COVID India? Gosh, I've been lobbying for it for, for 13 years now. Um, it's hard because, like I said, we have many other more humane issues, and I do understand that. But I have a very simple philosophy, and mine is that you have to work like an army, right? I can't win the war if I'm just on ground with infantry. 
I can't win the war if I only have an air force, right? I need all. I need an air force, navy, and the army. And that's my point about India. We keep dealing with, oh, we just need to feed the poor, or we need to battle COVID, or we need to, you know, manage our floods, or we need to manage our drought, or we need to manage some disaster. So this constant management, disaster management, is not good. It's 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 supposed to be the one-off, you know, random rare thing. But unfortunately, we are constantly in disaster management in India. Um, and we can't, we need to change that. I mean, we need the institutions to be long-term and just be built saying it will not be built today. It will be built in 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, but they need to start, you know? We need to have great magazines, you know? Um, we need to have great critique. We need to have great editing. Uh, we need to have curating. We need to have great prizes. India doesn't have the great prizes. And that's something the foundation is looking at very carefully now because we're also, we don't want to repeat ourselves after 10, 15 years. My point is we we can't just carry on as before. We just need to address the situation and say, you know, how do we change with the times? How do we give more? How do we become more potent in our giving? Um, and that's really important. So one of the things is also thinking of prizes and prizes may seem frivolous at one end and say, oh my God, what is that like now? But it's important because it marks time, it marks people, it marks things and gives you levels of excellence. You know, why do we have the Olympics? Why do we have anything? I mean, there is to mark a level of excellence. And when you do that, then you have aspirations that build towards that. You have generations who aspire, you know, it's a goalpost. And um, one is trying to do some things like this, but yeah, it's hard. Thank you to Feroz for sharing her perspective on a range of topics and pinpointing the complexities of working in India. You'll find out more about India's art funding in the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, then do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Join me next time when we head to Cambodia and meet the phenomenal artist Sopi Pish. Speaking from his farm in a mountain region close to the capital, Phnom Penh, he tells us about the fiery hazards he endures to make his stunning latticework sculptures. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Clea Roberts-Comoretti. See you on the next journey.